You're listening to Crusader Chronicles, episode 58, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 202 and Flash number 283 from December 1979. Welcome to the 58th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tottoms. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many law boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. And speaking about my friends, let's see who's here with me today. We have Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Pro. Well, hello, Pat. I want to invite you to my costume party. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what can I wear? It's uh, Everyone's supposed to come as a Let's superhero, supervillain. And uh, I think as we all found out, apparently everybody except Iris came as themselves. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just a peek of what we got to talk about later on. <laughs> Either way, she looked good. She did look good. She was a fine, fine back girl. Yes, she was. She was a fine girl. A good what wife a good she would be. Yeah. Well, unfortunately. Her, her life, her love, and her man is Barry. Mm-hmm. Oh. Looking glass. I think they sang that song. I, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I just know. <laughs> I just know some of the lyrics, but that's about it. Anyway, we'll move on to Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht here as well. Hello, Jason. Hello. Sorry I missed that last bit. I was putting the cats where they needed to be. And uh, I don't know, judging by Delvin's reaction, how well that last bit landed. <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't look good. He wasn't picking up the lyrics to Brenda, you're a fine girl. girl. But my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. Brandy, she works in the harbor town. Well, there, we saved it. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you? Did you say that? I feel the energy coming. I feel the energy coming. (laughs) I'm going to bring it down a little bit, though, guys. I I don't have a bit tonight. I just want to give a shout out to my uh, my man, Dean Stockwell. Uh, Rest in peace. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, we'd be remiss. I know Jared and I, we spent a lot of time watching him get centered on Sam and Quantum Leap back in the day. And, oh, man, I'll tell you. That scene where he gives up his freedom, becomes a prisoner of war in order to save his bro- uh, save Sam's brother. Oh, mm. Mm. That's up there, man. That's up there with the Kirk a Spock eulogy. I'll tell mm. you. Good time. Makes, makes me cry every time. Rest in peace, Dean. And uh, I know you guys are conspiring against me, so don't. Pat, I saw it. I saw you look at me. 
Delvin, get you all the- Delvin, you all are conspiring. I'm not going back to that mental institute. <laughs> I'm not going back. Um, oh, oh my head. <laughs> you sure you really got cats? Or are they just pretend cats? <laughs> I keep the cats in the back with my dragon. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. boy. Okay. <laughs> so is Mary Jane really real? <laughs> Don't think too deep, Pat. Oh, just oh, move on. No, I uh, you ever seen the movie Psycho, I, Pat? <laughs> no, but I think I'm seeing one right now. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and say hello to Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. Hello, Delvin. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. And I found this awesome destination cruise. Let me tell you guys about it. You go to this island, right? And then somebody, you know, they fake beat you up and then they drug you and then they put you on the boat. And it looks like it's like dangerous and everything, you know, because you're like all floating out there and you're all on the drugs and everything. But then like an island boy comes and saves you and they nurse you back to health and then they send you back on your way. It's a wonderful destination cruise. I, I just reread it. That was not a destination cruise. That, that was pretty much attempted murder. Um, yeah. It sounded good at the time, but uh, I could be. It happened in Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda. Oh, come on, pretty mama. Kiargo, Montego. Baby, why don't we go down to Coco? Guys, we're not even five minutes in. <laughs> we can't on. be combining this many songs. <laughs> it's mix up. <laughs> oh, speaking about mix ups, why don't we go ahead and get this podcast rolling? But before we do get started. We'll take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. We got it all together for a brand new show. The LBC crew is here and so away we go. While the LBC crew is running from a spooky ghost. Christatos is doing what he does the most. Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. Oh, <laughs> Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. That's the podcast, LBC Crew. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 202. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of March 1980. Ooh, we are turning into the 80s in one more episode. Ooh. But its on-sale date was December 11th, 1979. Cover price, 40 cents. Editor and writer was Marv Wolfman. Oh. Penciler is Keith Pollard. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Inker is Jim Mooney. 
Letterer is John Costanza. Colorist is Ben Sean. This is reprinted in Marvel Tales starring Spider-Man number 219, The Essential Punisher Volume 1, Trade Paperback, then The Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, Trade Paperback, or a Marvel Masterworks Volume 245, which featured Amazing Spider-Man Volume 19 hardcover. Wow. And also on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Keith Pollard and inker Joseph Rubenstein. And speaking about the cover, let's get a cover description from Jared. The Mevel Comics Group banner is black with white letters, and Spidey is still swinging in his green corner box. The amazing Spider-Man logo is white with black highlights and no webs. The main action shows Spider-Man and the Punisher back-to-back protecting April May, as they're all surrounded by gangsters, all of which have very questionable fashion sense. It also features a cover blurb that makes no sense to me. One for those long gone. I don't get it. I don't care. Uh (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jared, for that very enthusiastic cover description. (laughs) There might be some hints into how I'm going to score this cover momentarily. You said that Pat needed to get the pep up here. Come on, man. (laughs) I could not get energy up for this terrible cover. We'll talk more about it in a minute. Oh, well, let's go ahead and get into some of those cover thoughts. But let's start with Jason this time. You know, I guess I don't hate it as much as Jared did. I mean, I thought it was okay. Uh, it's got a pretty decent action pose. Boy, that they got a couple of those guys are really styling some hats there. And that, <laughs> yes, I guess he was like gangster. Let's he went all out on gangster. I mean, there's a lot of menace, there's a lot of pent up ready for action here i'm with you i don't understand what the one for those long gone i I get it though i get it oh you do yeah help me out it's for the punisher story that he tells Mm -hmm. right mimic yeah the kid who died so those is plural and one One for those some other people yeah Yeah. well really (laughs) i I still don't oh like my it. God. <laughs> I still don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I would have preferred the webs. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. more room the for the webs. <laughs> yeah, we took out the webs and put that in there. I don't know. But other than that, I think it looks I think it looks decent. I'll just end with that enthusiastic note. <laughs> just because the webs are not there, I think even if the webs were there, that orange just doesn't, doesn't work. happen. Does not no. work. That's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's me. Uh, otherwise, there's like some sweet detail in the figures mm-hmm. and that, but the rest of it for me is like that orange is just throwing me off. I think you're right, Pat. I think that's what it is for me too, because it, it looks almost like it almost looks like it's like it, they cut it off in half and they just right. Yeah, like somebody just pasted over an amazing Spider-Man logo and cut off part of the picture. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if that's what actually happened. It would also explain perhaps the absence of the webs. Smacks of rush job to me. Mm-hmm. Could be. Delvin, what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing I thought is that this cover was kind of reminiscent of Live and Let Die. I don't know why. I mean, uh, the fashion sense of the people involved. You know? <laughs> and I hope you're picking me up. I'm sort of like it a little more. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I so, imagine there's... it's not your debut with this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could definitely imagine, you know, it's it's man, Spider-Man. 
And you know, there's like names for tombstones. But uh, look, I can riff on that. Uh, yeah, it's not great, but I mean, it gave some elements. You know, you got you had a gangster. You know, the gangsters surrounding the heroes and the heroine of the book. So it's okay. I'm glad that you did bring up uh, Jared and I think uh, Jason too about the missing webs. That is a staple of most Spider-Man books, especially at this time. And so it is weird not to see it. Yeah, trust me, I'm not going to sit here and argue that this was the greatest cover that's ever graced uh, the Crusader Chronicles or the amazing Spider-Man covers that we have looked at so far. Uh, but I think it's okay. It's all right. That's all I got. Jared, we'll finish with you. I may like it a little more than my uh, amazing Spider-Man cover review. Uh, I think I do like a little more now because when I wrote the cover review, I was using the image in our script, which is kind of small. Sure. And now I'm looking at it on Marvel Unlimited, and it does have better detail than what I thought. And I think that helps it in some ways. The only way I think it hurts is I don't, for some reason, I feel like Spider-Man's leg is a little too chunky. He's always been more of a leaner hero to me. And he looks really like that. It's like, it's like a Captain oh, he, America. He, he didn't skip leg day. He did not that, skip leg day. Leg. Yeah, it's like, hey, my right leg, it's solid um, leg day. Right. Like I've said on a bazillion other shows, Pollard will be, you know, 10 times the artist I'll ever be. So I can't complain too much. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think ultimately it's just the layout. I do feel like there's a little bit of a rush job. I'm not big on that orange. I'm not big on the lime green corner box. But overall, I mean, sort of the peril moment. It's not bad. It's not bad cover. It's just, I think the green color box matches that guy's suit. It does match that guy's suit right below him. But I think we might have just been spoiled. We've had a lot of really good covers lately. And plus, I'm sort of comparing it in my mind to the other cover we're going to cover later on with the Flash, which is better than this. Okay. All right. Well, with that, I think there's not much else to talk about this cover. So let's go ahead and get it into the ratings and we'll see where it falls. Just a reminder here, it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. <laughs> Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Wow. Are we that deep? Let's see. We will go again with Jason. I'm at a three. I think there's enough in it to like. I wouldn't say I yeah. dislike it. I think anytime you see the Punisher teaming up with Spider-Man, particularly at this, I, it it interests you. It makes you want to pick up the comic and look at it. Not perfect, not the top tier, but not bad either. So I'll go three. Delvin. Oh, Jason, it's a three. There's not even really much more that needs to be said about that. It, it's a three. Jared. 2.5. We don't do halfsies. When do we start a, that? Is that new? Just now. It is It is not new. <laughs> And we did not oh, just seven episodes ago, I think. <laughs> Baby, Who, that who came up with Chronicles that stupid history. rule? That would be you. That would be correct. All right. <laughs> that rule in Joe November. All right. I'll give it a three. It's like Delvin, don't have much to add. It's a, it's a three. three. It, gets, it gets by. It's not terrible. We've been spoiled by some good Spidey covers recently. I will throw in my three card as well. It's a low three for me. I think that orange just really just. Every time I, I glance over it and I'm like, oh, man, that orange is just like drives me crazy. I'll settle with the three. It's not bad. The other detail on the figures and the characters makes it passable for me. So with that, we have definitely reached three's company status. <laughs> I thought you were about to forget, Pat. 
That orange, like I said, that orange been throwing me off. I was, I was, I was just sitting there just waiting to just shake my head like, hey, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, but, but you did forget, so we're good. No, I would never forget our numbers bits. The show was completely stitched together by bits. That's, it is just, it's all held together by the bits. You put this bit, that bit, you lick both bits and... Um, <laughs> Whoa. Well, anyway, you know... <laughs> Let's move on. (laughs) Let's go ahead and find out the story synopsis. And that is brought to you by Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this book was One for Those Long Gone. Let's summarize the issue by summarizing what each key player in the book was thinking throughout. Pete Spidey? I'm really glad that the Punisher is a dum-dum and didn't make out the fact that I was Spidey. The man was in my apartment. How could he not know? While I need women in my life, April May ain't one of them. She is annoying. J. Jonah Jameson is crazy as a loon. Punisher told me a good sob story, but I'll never just let him kill people. Thank God he's using mercy bullets for his vengeance. He got his revenge and no one got killed. Well, by bullets anyway. With great Chryslers come great responsibility. (laughs) Just not my responsibility. Okay, here's the Punisher. I really didn't use mercy bullets. (laughs) Who actually (laughs) believes that? I got vengeance from Mehmet's death, and I'm feeling pretty dang chipper, which for me is like only super angry as opposed to super, super angry. JJJ? Everyone's out to get me, including the guy who's writing this? Robbie, Peter Parker, ah! I may be unconscious from running into a wall, but for the purposes of the synopsis, I can tell someone is suffering over me. Ah! Yeah, April May. Peter Parker's such a jerk. Cute butt, but a total jerk. I have my own lead. I'm going to go undercover to find out who this drug dealer is so fast. Oh, f- the drug dealer recognized me. I guess the disguise may have been in order here. Thank goodness Spider-Man was there to bail me out. Cute butt, too. Nothing cute about seeing Jacoby bite the bullet like he did, though. Yikes. And last, Greasy Ralph Robbins. Ow, the Punisher whooped my butt. Dang, surely Spider-Man is going to feel bad for me. Back to you, Pat. I like all those perspectives. It it reminds me, 
of something Jason has said in the beginning about his crazy different voices and all that in his head. <laughs> I guess I had a few voices in my head too, Pat. Obviously, yes. So, do you got cats at your house? Yes. What? No, maybe. <laughs> you have dragons too? Yes. No. Uh, let's move on. Okay. I think so. All right. Well, thank you, Delvin. That was very fun to listen to and spot on on a few of them, definitely. Let's go ahead and get to the bricker brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? I will start with myself. It's a first read. Jared? First read for me, Pat. Delvin? It's a first read for me. Oh, we've gotten over the hump now, Jason. Is it a first read? Cue the music. It's a first read for me as well. Oh. <laughs> Butterfly in the sky. I can fly I twice. <laughs> Guess who's coming to Emerald City Comic Con? Is it LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton. Oh, yeah? Gotta get a voice drop. I was like, man, I don't want to go to this con, but LeVar Burton's going to be there. LeVar Burton, you listen to Long Box Crusade, home of the Reading Rainbow. <laughs> right. You've just experienced a Reading Rainbow. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the high, lows, or what does for this issue. And we'll start with Delvin. Man, usually good at riffing off of people, but it's okay. I can start first. Let's go with a let's go with a low. We're, all, we're used to starting with highs. Right. I'm used to starting with highs. I'll start with the low here. I wasn't crazy about the artwork. And I know that's something that Jared probably can riff on. But I was not crazy about the artwork. Keith Pollard and Jim Mooney are listed as the illustrators of the book. And you know what? Maybe it was more Jim than Keith. Because we know about Keith and his issues. We saw Spider-Man 200. and Spider-Man 200, there were some points where, I mean, I was like eye-watering. Like, this is beautiful artwork. This is great stuff. And here, just like, eh, let's just get by this issue. It's a kind of self-contained two-parter. Let's just do it and just keep moving. It, it didn't feel like there was much love given to the art. And that's kind of weird to say about Amazing Spidey. Well, I can see that. Looking at this art and the layouts and all that is way different than the next book we're going to be reading. Mm-hmm. I feel way different. And I actually read the two backwards. I read the Flash one first, then I read this one. So I really saw a night and day difference in this. But Agreed. we'll get to that later on. Jared, hi, Lower Wetha. Well, welcome to episode 17 of Jared is about Keith Park. <laughs> no, I, that's not really going to be my first round thing. Although I agree with Delvin the second I saw... Keith Pollard, Jim Mooney illustrators. I was like, this dude has not hit a single target except for issue 200. And with that, I will stop my rant because I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about a what the, okay? Page one, Peter's apartment. Let's talk about this for a second. His place should clearly be condemned. Look at the cracks <laughs> in the walls, the exposed yeah. brick in the corner. And then we haven't even gotten to the most baffling part yet, okay? The most baffling part is we're talking about this dude who has not one, but two giant stuffed animals just laying in the corner. He got those those from that one party a long time ago. I I have to hope so, because, I mean, 
I, I know it's modern times and people can like what they like, but this is 1979, 1980. Man, you got to get that out of there, man. If you want Gloria stopping by, if you want that hot, hot loving with dead body in your closet action, you got, what's with the big stuffed animals in the corner? Come on, people. Well, you know he's got lots of closet space. <laughs> he's freed up some closet space not too long ago. <laughs> so, yeah, his apartment, his apartment should be condemned. I was like, okay, it's kind of cute. They put a teddy bear there, but then there's like also this giant stuffed dog or something. <laughs> what? This is New York City. That's probably 3000 a month you're looking at right there. <laughs> probably right. <laughs> Anyways, this thought was really weird. And uh, I just want to have a little fun around West. I've always complaining about Pollard. So that's it for me. What I like about that is I can see that spool for a table, that big spool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, that I do remember from yes. previous issues. He was using the spool for a table, which is always a good look, if you ask me. When I first opened it up, I kind of appreciated that. And I thought the artist did a good job of being consistent, like his apartment has this personality that we keep returning back to and you keep seeing the same decorations the spool table yeah. like pat said you see the stuffed animal the, that he got a couple issues back did you really see those a couple issues back did i miss those for reals i want to say they were kind of there back because everybody brought just like remember it was i remember everybody when everybody brought stuff i just didn't remember out. giant stuffed animals didn't so remember. i thought that was kind of cool for continuity I also like the spring that's poking out of the yes, chair. That's a nice detail. I noticed that, too. I do think, though, it's a great callback to just, it's Peter area. He's too busy, and he kind of even explains it in this issue, that he's too busy doing his Spider-Man stuff, and now he's a teacher-student, whatever he's doing, that, you know, the apartment's just there for him to crash. And the rest of the time, he's either running around being Spider-Man, was macking on Mary Jane, but now he's not. So now he's just being more Spider-Man or he's, you know, visiting Aunt May in the hospital for the umpteenth time. Mm. And then, you know, the doctor that, dis- that disappointed in him, doctors. <laughs> yeah. Wait. yeah. Maybe, just, maybe he goes and meets him for coffee now. Just, you know what? Yeah. I need some mentorship. And the doctor's I mean, like, no, what you need is an old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. You need to clean this place up, man up and get those stuffed animals out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out one more thing, Pat, that I just noticed as he's walking in. The outfit he's wearing, the electric blue suit with the orange shirt underneath, mm-hmm. I'm 95% sure that is the same outfit that Prince wore when he played the Super Bowl. Ooh, yeah. I dig that. I'm pretty sure that's the outfit. Yeah. Yeah, Prince had a little bit higher heel, though. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But still, I can dig that. All right. Well, let's go in here from Jason. High, low, or with a? I'll give a high. I know we've been picking on Keith and the artwork a little bit, but the one thing that I really do like visually is the fight scene. I like the way that it's laid out. It's always entertaining for me to see Spider-Man fight a bunch of thugs because he has this very unique style where he's flipping in the air, using his web slingers, you know, hitting, kicking, and just using his natural acrobatic ability mixed in with his, his fighting style. And it's always fun for me to watch. And this book had that in spades. So I appreciated that. That's a high for me. Fair enough. I, agree. Yep. I think that he would be, he's being Spider-Man, would be a very tough foe for just a conventional human because he can attack you from pretty much any angle. And it's just not fair. Like, there are like five people that came into the room and just kind of did this sprawly punch kick thing. And like all of them just went flying. And it's like, what can you do about that? There's, 
it, there's no self-defense against that. You know, just like your only self-defense is to take an L and fall on the floor. That's about it. He will get the best, the best, the best of you. I, I see what you did there. I, I did. You, you see, folks, Prince saying best of you at the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Works better when I have to explain it myself. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, let's hit into round two and see if anybody, if you got a high, low, or what the again for round two, Delvin. I'm going to go with a what the on this one. Marv kind of pulled a Spider Man 200 here. And what I mean by that is in Spider Man 200, he pulled out this storyline about Uncle Ben's and uh, May Parker's house. That was, while it was a pretty good self-contained story, there wasn't really much backup that went into it. And so like 200 was kind of the first time that you heard about it. Kind of a similar thing here to where we had all of 201 where the Punisher was there sort of going after the goons and they never really explained why. And then they just kind of just plopped it all here in this very quick two-part. It was like, yeah, and I got drunk up, met this dude named Mimit. Mimit saved me, brought him back to America, and he was gone down. Life sucks. And it's like... But I'm off to drugs. Right. It's like, oh, okay, Frank, if, if you say so, bud. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's, it was completely disjointed, and it was a pretty... It was good motivation as to why Punisher was doing what he was doing. It just mm-hmm. kind of seemed a little... I don't want to say contrived. Because, I mean, it's, it's a story. Yeah, he has every right to come up with Punisher's reason for wanting to go after these bad guys. But it was a little bit bolted on to me. It didn't really get time to develop, I guess. It, something just felt a little off. I see that. I can hear that. But I hear your what the, and I want to raise you a what the. Where mm-hmm. did the Punisher get another van? The exactly wagon. what I was wondering. <laughs> Last did did we not see it go? Bottom of the river. It yeah. went into the river, yep. And now he's got this, you know, war wagon or battle wagon number two, whatever it is. Come on down yeah. to Crazy Larry's battle wagon. <laughs> you buy it's, two, we get one free. <laughs> it's either that or he has like a very, very good hookup that somehow aren't the cops. Yes. That could get that thing of the battle van, battle wagon out of the river. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I think they forgot that it went into the river last issue. Pat did not forget. No. <laughs> you know what would be great? I just thought of this. Isn't that where the Spidey buggy ended up? In the river? I think so. This is like a right? collection of superhero vehicles. Ooh, the yeah. Of the river now. yeah, what is actually in the bottom <laughs> of the I like river? To think that the battle wagon settled right next to the Spidey buggy. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention anything else that's you know happens in new york and all that what else is in the bottom of there so basically battle wagon spidey buggy and gwen stacy bottom of the river <laughs> jared high low or what though you know, i'm gonna give a high to marv for subplot subplot subplots and spaghetti all right no spaghetti but i like his subplots he's going on i really like this peter at the globe where everybody loves him mm-hmm. you know it's very fish out of watery I actually like the character of April May and yeah. sort of the the wrench she's thrown into things. I like uh, Robbie taking over the paper while Jones is slipping on a purple banana peel and they throw him in the truck. Another Prince reference I got in there. <laughs> you know, I just I like what's going on in Subplotville right now. So that's a high for yeah. me. I think I like that, too, because uh, I think each character kind of got their moments in here. And I really do like April May being you know, raised up a little bit more with her character instead of just being this 
you know, snobbyish kind of news reporter not wanting to work with Peter. She goes off on her own trying to do it as skies. You know, okay, you put some jeans on and uh, something else and try to talk <laughs> street. That was not a good disguise. <laughs> the, the guy saw right through you. Jason, high, low, or what the? Well, let's go to a what the at the very beginning of the book. What is the Punisher's IQ here? Because he is half an idiot. Like, how? Let's Occam's razor this, Punisher. Come on now. And I mean, this is one of those moments where Peter really thought like, oh, the shake is up. You got me. And he's like, (laughs) the Punisher's going on about his theory about Peter Parker. It's like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) You got me. I just thought there that is, was the weirdest thing. There's a saying now that the kids say, and it is say less. And that's what Peter Parker did. He sat there and was like, he played dumb. Like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what's going on? And, and Punisher was like, blah, 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 blah. And Peter just kind of wove in his little part of that story with Punisher's story and told him what he needed to hear to get him out of the house. So pretty good thinking by Pete. Yeah, no doubt. Good thinking by Pete, but I guess I I get the sense that the Punisher in his early incarnation isn't as, I guess, as as smart or wise as he is, like in the Garth Ennis runs. Punisher is really a shrewd person who uses uses his brain uh, as much as his weapons and his Mm -hmm. strength. And this just he just seems like, I don't know, just kind of a more like a pushover. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher. Well, I right? So anyway, that was kind of my what the moment. I was hoping for a bigger thing too. I'm like, yeah. oh, two pages were done. He's like, yeah, I'm not in Spider Man. I just work for him or whatever. Oh, well, what about this Spider Tracer? Oh, well, he must be buddies because he left it here. You know, we were just hanging out, and the Spider Tracer fell out of the Spider Pants, and as we're having some, you know, Spider time together, and okay. I'm out then. See ya. He goes out the window. Just walk out the door, Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> he did leave by the window. That's he also by the window. <laughs> and that's where I saw the van. I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. That van parked out there for a reason or what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I do agree with you, Jason, on that, that this Punisher is a little different than what we know from the later 80s and on. Uh, especially and then the story that he tells is like, this is 10 years ago and I do in my journal, I'm in, you know, journal entry number 50 something. And now he's right. on like 50, 250 some before. I'm like, well, at least he had a, started a journal. And it's like, if you're going to go into business of being a punishing guy, like you are, are you that lonely that you got to start a journal? Yeah, you or, think you like know, when he journals, he journals like those people who do it as a craft hobby. Like, you think there's yeah. lace and buttons involved and glue, glitter, and glitter and whatnot. Yeah, pictures. Hey, there's remember we teamed up, <laughs> Spider-Man. Here we go. <laughs> I will say this though, you know, just to to round it out, because at the end, like, does Peter really think these are mercy bullets? <laughs> yeah, he's like, here, let me switch it to mercy bullets. <laughs> yeah, and they had to tell you like like three times. Oh, it's just mercy bullets. Why is his brain all over the wall? Oh, that's not that's not his brain. That's that's mercy bullet brain right there. <laughs> I, that's, oh, okay. Oh well, does anybody have anything else they want to get off their chest for this issue? I got something, and it's only. I mean, this is two hundred two, and just finished a major storyline. So again, Wolfman he still has the benefit of the doubt. You know, while this wasn't the greatest story, 
it took him a little bit to build up and deliver what I thought was a fantastic issue 200. And so this is a, this is a buildup. It's interesting that he started with just a two-part self-contained story, even though he's starting to throw out a little, a few storylines here and there that are still going on. But I'm still interested in the, in the direction overall, but it hasn't fully found its footing yet after 200 for me. I would agree with that. I think you're definitely onto something. And like Jarrett had mentioned before, I think it's all the subplotting that he's doing. He just needed some sort of a bigger picture, but not so big that I can place these subplots in it. That'll build up to something down the road. All right. And with that, then let's go ahead and find out what was your silly Spidey moment in this issue. And we'll start with Jason. I have to say it's the mercy bullets again. It's just ridiculous. And it makes me laugh every time, especially when Spider-Man's like, oh, I saw you. You switched it over to real bullets for mercy bullets. And I'm like, that's not how a firearm even works. I mean, how, like, how much street smarts do you have, Spider-Man? Come on, how long have you been doing this now? But, I mean, I guess I, I get it from a creator standpoint. It's a way to let Punisher shoot people without actually shooting people for the, the kitties. But, I don't know, it just cracks me up every time. Jared, you got a silly Spidey moment? I'm about to go to my backup because mine was Mercy Bullets, too. I okay. laughed every time they said it. I was like, this is clearly so they can still sell comics to kids. <laughs> Punisher doesn't even. That's not a real thing. He's killing people all around Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't have a clue. But I will go with my backup, and I can't find it off right now, but I know it's in here. It's on the top of my head. There's a moment, and it might be near the beginning, or maybe not. Anyway, there's a moment where Spider-Man and Punisher break in they start fighting people and the dude's like it's punisher and what's his yes. name <laughs> and his fire was like oh come on man this is my city I'm, I'm out here spiding it up every day and i'm like what's his name you know i thought that was kind of funny that's my backup pick because mine was mercy bullets i laughed every time that's a good one that's definitely a good one delvin mine is jonah's whole arc <laughs> I mean, they started with him hiding in the maintenance closet. I know you guys are after me. <laughs> it's like, how long was he in the closet? Why was he in the closet? Did no one see brush-headed gray and black Jonah go into the closet? Just the whole thing. And then ended with him. I don't know if he was tripped or he ran into a wall. It just knocked himself out. The man is freaking bonkers right now. Just freaking out there. So, I mean, I hate to laugh at a man who's in the middle of a mental breakdown, but I'm sorry. It's funny. So, yeah, that's my silly spotty. What about you, Pat? I was kind of torn between the one Jarrett had with the Punisher and what's his name? Because then he plays back again when they go when he goes and busts at the end and they're like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Spider-Man. And, and like, finally somebody knows who I am. I like that part. And I like that when he calls Punisher punny, yeah. pun, you know, I just, you know, can't even call him by his right name. But anyway, I like those. All right. Well, let's get into some ratings for this issue. And as a reminder, it's a one through five rating five as you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers <laughs> Four, you really liked it. Three liked it. Two didn't like it, mm -hmm. and one you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Delvin, one through five. We're in the middle. We're in three. It wasn't a bad story, and I did appreciate Punisher's reason for going after the bad guys, even though it was a little bit bolted on. 
Spidey got to get, you know, his licks in. He got to, you know, to do the Spidey thing and stop people from getting, you know, completely killed, except for Jacoby. And that was a little Spidey 202 <laughs> because it's yeah. like, hmm, how are we going to get rid of Jacoby? Uh, yeah, you're building up this big, uh, you're building up this big bad guy. And then, yeah, 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 splat. That was ugly. That was freaking brutal. So, yeah, it was a three. Middle of the road. Jason. I'm a Delvin. It's a three. As I was reading through it, I get the sense. I don't know if I'm right or not, but I think that Marv might have been under the direction to promote Punisher. I think Punisher's getting big at this point. I think that might be why we didn't see like a reason for Punisher in the first issue. I think he had to get something going and then he kind of figured it out. Okay, here's the reason why Punisher's doing what he's doing. We'll tell this in the second part. And to Jared's and Delvin's point, and they both mentioned this, the subplot stories to me, which are more interesting, actually, I think he's trying to, to push that in there as much as he can while playing out this. I think it's an obligation to get the Punisher in for two issues and then he can move on with where he wants to go. That's what I'm feeling is happening here. So that's kind of a long-winded explanation, but that's why I'm at a three. I think you're onto something. Definitely. Jared, one to three. Yeah, Jason said it perfectly, and I'm going to land on the same three, and I'll just leave it at that. And everything you guys said, I agree with as well, too. So well, let's just get to it. It's a three. It wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. It was fun. Yeah, the subplots definitely is what made this issue the best. So it's a three. That means we've hit three's company. <laughs> come and ring on our bell. Come and ring on our bell. Oh, we just got Mr. Rupert. <laughs> that's, my, that's my sound effect for crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. What is it? All right. I was about to say, if that was your Don Knotts, it was really bad. And I've heard better impressions from you. Not crazy eyes. I like the crazy eyes. Anyway, speaking about crazy eyes, that'll bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And don't forget, you can also get a hold of us by leaving a voicemail that we may just play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the the phone! (laughs) We will be right back. What do you get when a fantasy gaming horror sci-fi geek and an army veteran history nerd want to do a comic book related podcast? Why? You get the Weird Wars podcast, of course. Weird War Tales was a 124 issue DC comic book series published from 1971 to 1983. Along the way, we'll sidetrack on to an occasional special mission where we discuss an issue of a like themed comic book from a different title or publisher. There are also the rare road warriors episodes where we report on comic related road trips like conventions or visiting the homes and grave sites of comic greats we'll nitpick what the comics creative team got wrong and crawl about what they got right we'll also break down the facts behind the fiction in the stories which is sometimes quite weird in its own right even the letters page and our favorite ads can't escape our judgment 
just as we can't escape yours in our own dead letter office mailbag. Torpedo-eating dinosaurs. Haunted chateaus. Time-traveling rats. Zombie robots. Day-walking vampires. Gargoyle armies. And that's just in the first 20 Weird War Tales episodes. So, report for duty with the Weird Warriors podcast with Max and Rich, where we promise to make war no more. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get involved in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected Flash 283. So, the credits for this issue are provided, again, by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was DC. Cover date was March 1980. But its on-sale date was December 6, 1979. Cover price is $0.40. Cents. Editor was Ross Andrew. Writer is Carrie Bates. Penciler Don Heck. Inker Frank Cheramonte. Letterer is Ben Oda. And colorist is Gene D'Angelo. This is reprinted in Flash number 283, which had a variant cover. And also Flash Rogues Reverse Flash trade paperback. Cover credits go to Ross Andrew and inker Dick Giordano. And speaking about the cover, let's get a quick or a flash cover description. Can do. The DC Comics logo is the much-beloved bullet logo style in its usual blue. The Flash logo is yellow with black bordering. And the main action is a five-image build of Flash running into the foreground and onto the cosmic treadmill, where something apparently has gone wrong because Flash states, By traveling through time, I've learned the secret of who killed my wife. It's yeah, And even though he stops there on the cover, I can only assume that Barry goes on to say, yaw, 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 yaw. When I step on the treadmill, you know I step correct. Woo! Like ah! Thank you. <laughs> I got you all the check. And when I catch Professor Zoom, I might break his neck. Ah! Got you all in check. <laughs> Thank you guys for entertaining my stupid <laughs> Buster Rhymes bit. I was like, I thought it. I'm like, he is not going, oh! <laughs> He did it. He did it. <laughs> I missed the first one because I was I saw it in the script. Around. I was like, oh crap, I gotta jump in there. And I couldn't <laughs> unmute fast enough. But I was I didn't even have the script up. I am very, very <laughs> proud of that. You're on top of things, and I'm sure with the magic of Pat's editing, he can get those woo-haws even tighter. Ah <laughs> 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 uh, yes. When I saw the y'all, I was just like Let's just go all out with this. And I felt inspired by Jason, who often builds songs into his yeah. synopsis. So <laughs> nicely done. Yes, very well done. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, let's get into some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with Jason. I like this cover. It's pretty simple. Number one, it's it's visually very striking. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to stop and look at it and see what's going on. And it's definitely one of those things is like, okay, now I want to open it up, see if I can figure out the secret, what happened to the flash. And it's all just done with 
really beautiful, very simple colors, you know, and not a lot of background detail, but for some reason it just, it works. I'm sure Jared will have more to say about it and be able to put it more eloquently. So I'll just leave it there. I just, I really like this one. Speaking about Jared, what's your thoughts? Well, I have to agree with Jason. This cover is sort of a lesson in beautiful simplicity. It's, I mean, it's Ross Andrew inked by Dick Giordano. <laughs> I mean, it's like magic. What's amazing about it is like Jason said, there's nothing on it that's like truly like stand out, but like all the little pieces just come together just right to give you a flash cover. You just look at it, like, yeah, the flash, you know, and yeah. something cool has happened. And if you've been following the storyline of the death of Iris Allen, as you know, I raved about it last time we had a flash comic on. Sure did. That sure. ain't going to change anytime soon. <laughs> when you see that cover and you're like, oh, he knows the secret and it is. Ah, oh, man. You're just like, I got to buy this book, man. <laughs> you saw this on the spinner rack. You're like, I have to know. So, you know, it's one of those cases where the cover blurb helps out. It's a lot of red on the cover. Even the back, you know, I was like questioning, like red on red? But I think it. Right. Yeah, me too. But it know. looks good, though, because that inner circle is pink. And the white and the that, that note, yeah. builds from it. And the yellow flash logo really pops out from the red because, you know, red, yellow. Is flash. So it's just, yeah. I mean, Ross Andrews is a dang genius. Uh, kudos to the colorist who was probably Gene D'Angelo. I'm not, I'm guessing. I don't know. Brown Sugar Bay would get so high if you love it. I don't know how to behave. But anyways, great cover. A lot of energy. I'm going to rave about this again. This Carrie Bates era flash <laughs> is really good. So mm-hmm. strap in, boys. Delvin. Thoughts. Yeah, I, I think this falls into the line of like the like flash staple cover. Like, mm-hmm. you know how if you have like a Spidey cover and it'll show him like doing like, you know, flips and then like, you know, finally like arriving somewhere like kicking or punching someone and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And you mm-hmm. can't go wrong with it. This one's very similar. And of course, it, it is very coincidental that we're saying that. And this is Ross Andrew drawing it. Were these covers, like the Flash running cover staple before Ross Andrew, or did Ross Andrew invent the staple? I don't know, because I don't know that deep about Flash history. But either way, this is a great cover. It really is good. And and Jared's right. Even looking at it, and if I knew nothing about Flash, but I just wanted to pick up a comic book, and, you know, he found out someone who murdered his wife, and then it's like, it's, and then he just like fades off into the distance like oh, it's who who it's who mother tell me <laughs> so yeah it was a good cover and it definitely would entice me to pick up the book and it was that classic flash staple cover so kudos all yeah on a personal note before you pass it around because when when you guys said yes the flash is the voter's choice the first thing i said was this is bs i want to recount i know it's <laughs> x-men and they're leading me on I was like, okay. So then I opened it up and I saw that cover and I remembered the last one. We kind of started, we kind of fell into like maybe the second issue of that arc. Yep. It was just getting started. Yep. And so when I saw that cover, it made me excited. I was glad that it got picked because I was like, oh, okay. So I could dive back in and see if I can figure out what happened. So, yeah, I, I I felt the same way and really agree with you guys on this cover. Just the simplicity of it. The colors are striking. Just the line work in this. Oh, man. Just the inking and the line work in this is top notch. This is a cover that nowadays 
people can make like these 3D covers out of it where they put layer on layer and it looks really cool kind of three. This would be one that would, to me, would really look cool that way. Mm. Man, Lenticular. Could, is that what it is? I don't know. Those are the ones where like if you move it, like the image moves. Oh, you okay. know, that's the lenticular. Well, I've seen where, where they actually make it 3D, where it kind of builds itself out a little bit. Oh, 3D's not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I have some I Avengers ones that had like the vision on it, and it's kind of done in like a relief almost. So it's yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah, where it kind of just builds it out like that. But I think that would be really cool to have with this picture. It's just the, the blast that's happening makes me want to pick this cover up and dig into the story. But before we go into the story, let's get our cover ratings out of the way. And as a reminder, it's a one to five cover rating. Five is you loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. I think I know where we're going to be on this one, but let's find out. And we'll start with Delvin. I want to be skipped for this. Come back to okay. me. Go to someone else. We'll go to the guy who I think is, is going to put it high, and that'll be Jared. I was actually hoping you, Delvin would go first. Because, like, you want to play off what I really to see want to be feeling? talking to a five on <laughs> Me too. Me you know, too. It's a five. It's a five for me. I love it. Uh, yeah. If it was a poster I'd hang it on my wall, it's a five. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Andrew would dick to your Don. It, it's a five for me. So I'm just going to put it out there. You know, the only thing that would make the super five would be that 3D of it. Jason? 3D sense. No, I mean, I don't even really have to debate it too much. It's a five for me as well. I think that if you're a Flash fan, and I'm a casual Flash fan, but I think even if you're a diehard Flash fan, this has got to be a cover that you remember. remember. This yeah. is one that's going to be ingrained in my brain till the day I die. So, Delvin, we'll come back to you. Well, I mean, if Jared gave it a five and Pat gave it a, a five and, and Jason gave it a five, like who who would I be if I didn't give it a five? So, everybody... Oh, yeah, we hit five. I feel good about that. I like it. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Man, I'm most excited to see what you guys thought about the story. So let's go ahead and get a story synopsis from Jason so we can begin to talk about it. Can do, Pat. This one is called Flashback. When our story opens, it appears that Flash is dead, the victim of Reverse Flash's evil plot. Apparently, Reverse Flash has three goals uh, when he comes back in time from the 25th century. Number one, start a heroin organization. Number two, kill the Flash. Number three, steal Flash's girl Iris. Well, two out of three ain't bad. He's selling lots of white for even more green. And he's just booby-trapped the cosmic treadmill in order to atomize the Flash and cast said atoms into the Speed Force. When he tries to seduce Iris at the costume party we saw several issues back, however, she rejects his advances. In a fit of rage, 
He murders Iris by vibrating his body invisible and plunging his vibrating hand into her skull. Feeling kind of bad about it, a despondent reverse Flash confesses his crimes to his recorder, only to discover that Flash is still alive. It seems the Scarlet Speedster avoided being atomized by atomizing himself in... Yeah, we should have just read the X-Men. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but anyway, the Flash chases Reverse Flash back to his time machine and defeats him in combat, only to find out that Reverse Flash has booby-trapped the time machine. They are now speeding back in time to the birth of the universe. Desperately, Flash abandons ship, and the fates of the two men are left up to the next issue. Sometimes you gotta atomize the motherfuckers trying to atomize you. <laughs> I gotta atomize Buster Buster. You gotta atomize that up. I didn't. I really didn't. Okay, that was, that was, that was gonna be in my what though. So I'll just. Anytime I'll just they it. bring up the Speed Force, man, it's like. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the bric a brac for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? I already know what Jared's is because he's said it before, but let's get to it. It's a first read for me, Delvin. Why is Jared giving me that look? He's read this before. It, it, look, it's a first read for me, Jason. Or we pass it over the rainbow blocker over there. It's a first read for me, too. Jared, is it a first read or a reread? Well, boys, I'm happy to reveal that I never did get to read the conclusion, so this is my first read. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. I've been wondering for like a year now how this dang thing is. <laughs> really? You know, funny story. When we talked last time, I told you guys, yeah, I had the whole thing. I was just missing the one issue, and that's the one that we read. Turns out, I wasn't missing that issue. I never read it. We found it. We were cleaning out Jay's room under his bed, so clearly my son Jay had absconded with that issue. <laughs> so I did have it, but I never got to read it. And as I was reading this, I was like, you know what? No, I never did get the conclusion. Oh, so this was all new oh, to me. So reading rainbow. rainbow. It's a reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. All right. Well, awesome. This is going to be a good one, I think. So let's go into the high lows and what those. And we will begin with Jared. All right. Well, I got a bazillion highs. Oh, okay. I will start out with a high that was surprising to even me. I was like, as I was reading, I was like, this book is like 50% exposition. Yeah. Yet somehow I'm completely engaged in this. Yes. So I'm like, you know what? If you got away with it, Carrie Bates. You did a, a book that was half exposition and I was still totally into it. So that is where I will lead us with our first high. I'm just going to go right away here and say I totally agree with you on that and I mentioned it in the first issue we did that this issue was so dense and had so much going on in it that I was page turning and page turning after reading a lot I still continued to page turn and page turn and just wow what a great book full of a story Delvin what's your thoughts the cliffhanger my goodness 
I mean, mm. wasn't it enough that they revealed what the murderer, who the murderer was, and everything, and then they go on that cliffhanger to mm-hmm. where they're still fighting and like going into reverse flashes treadmill or whatever it was, like back in time, and Flash like, screw this, I'm out of here, and don't. What the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is the the most sci fiest craziest end of what had been basically your down-to-earth whodunit mystery. And they went straight from that, you know, gumshoe, gritty, you know, you had Barry Allen doing detective work because we looked at that from the last time that we read Flash to just super freaking sci-fi from the start of it. How Flash saved himself with three hundredths of a second left to the end where they were traveling through time. Insane. In freaking sane. <laughs> Agree. I guess this is like when you go into the speed force or, or, or the time jumping around. Does this give you the X-Men mindscapey kind of feel to it? Or no. It, Hell no. Man. More exciting for you. <laughs> Get your things that much. Yeah, treadmill, man. <laughs> I don't know how, but it. I mean, of course, I don't mind the mind fights necessarily, but of course, we know Jared's thoughts on the mind fights. No, you just kind of have to accept it. I mean, it's one of those if you can accept a man who runs really, really fast, like, okay, I guess you just got to, you know, in for the penny, in for the pound there. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of just have to accept some of it. You know, speed force, cosmic treadmill. I mean, yeah, you can may as well accept it. Like, because a dude is running so fast, somehow he could run on a treadmill that can take him through time. If you can digest that, you may as well go ahead and (laughs) digest the speed force (laughs) because it's all freaking crazy. Yeah. Jason, high, low, or what the? I'm going to give a high to the character of the reverse flash. Like I said, I'm a casual reader. So, I know of him. I know that he's from the future. I know that he has a very similar power set as our hero, the Flash. What I didn't really appreciate was just how bonkers this guy is. And, you know, just laying it out there, they could have created this character and and had him be very dull and uninteresting. But having him come from the future, where basically he has everything he needs, he only comes back to the past. Because he really wants to do some criming, and he can't crime in the future. So he's like, I go to back in the past. So that's number one. And then he has this infatuation with Iris, which let's just say is unhealthy. And it even gets to the point where he, like, I, I don't remember if he, like, drugged up this woman that looked like Iris with the intent. A of, little bit they did. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy cow, this guy is off his t- as they say in Great Britain. And I just really appreciated, after reading this comic, how threatening, how evil, how just deranged, and then mixed in, he's got that power set and the ability to use his vessel to go back and forth through time at will. This is a very dangerous villain, and I got to know him a lot more thanks to this issue. I agree. The reverse flash character has always kind of been interesting to me in a little bit of the comics, but in the TV show, I really liked what they did in the TV show with that. And to see some of this kind of play out here is really interesting and just a deeper dive into that character and what a great nemesis he is. 
to Flash? I read Flash for a decent amount, probably for about, I don't know, somewhere about maybe 10 years or so. Uh, right around New 52 is when I jumped off. But read them from about mid-90s on. And anytime Reverse Flash came up, man, that dude is a hater. <laughs> I mean, he in, in the most classic sense, he just hates the Flash. Like, I, I, hate, I hate your costume, so mine is going to be literally the reverse of yours. You have the same powers, but I hate you. And I hate your last name. I hate your family. I want to screw your wife. Anything I can do to make your life terrible, I'm going to do it. He's always been that way. I, I think this reverse Flash is a different identity because the Flash of the one that I read, I thought was last name was Thawn. Eobar Thawn. Yeah, is it was the definitely reverse Flash. This one was, I can't remember his name. This one? Wasn't it Professor Zoom? Yes. Maybe? I can't remember his name. But either way... The same arc does not like the Flash, absolute hater, and no writer to include this one ever makes him one note. He has been like, I mean, it was, it is something. It's like, you know what? 25th century, we solved all this stuff. There's no crime. Everything's peaceful. It's Kumaya. It sucks. <laughs> I'm going back to the 20th century where I can run some heroin like a good old fashioned criminal. But heroin <laughs> in the milk, son. <laughs> <laughs> like, good. Get those grief, kids up man. on horse. Oh, man. So, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to add that. Yeah, Flash, I, reverse Flash, excuse me, always been classic hater. And it is Professor Zoom. I went back in the comic and they do identify him as Professor Zoom there. So, if anybody out there listening wants to give us a little quick education, go ahead and make a comment in the chat or give us a call on the phone line. Pick up the phone. <laughs> we'll give that number in a little bit. 707-532-5269. L-Box. Pick up Pick the phone. Up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Much like your Scooby-Doo laugh, that will never stop being funny. <laughs> I want to give a good high here for Don Heck. There was a lot of pages, mm-hmm. a lot of storytelling, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was not only in the words, but the art as well, too. So just a great art job as well in this issue with so much going on. Jert, do you have another high, low, or what the? I'm going to start with a low and then we'll come back to a high because I like this so much. Mm -hmm. My low is at one point they like put that panel out there like, did you pick up the clue? Dear reader? And I'm like, no. I did. (laughs) Did I legit miss a clue? Or did they like totally gaslight me with that? (laughs) It's the same as it's the same as the uh, LBC crew. And Pat's like, did you pick up the clues of Solomon? He's like, no. Nope. no <laughs> Never. Not like, even I once. looked at that panel. Even at the, I, we went back at the end, and I was like, is the clue the fact that we can't see anyone? That's a bad clue. <laughs> That's a bad clue. I was like, you, you sons of... <laughs> but I promise you I picked this back up with a high... Um, and I'm just going to completely echo Delvin. How cool is it? You pick up a book that like, you know, this is the end of the story arc. And you're like, I've got to finally get closure. Oh my gosh. This cliffhanger is insane. And I know Delvin already said it, but it bears repeating. Like I couldn't believe we got the other book. I was like, Oh my God, Carrie Bates, you, you brilliant son of a bitch. I totally want to pick up the next book. Great, great book. (laughs) Really good. It is definitely Delvin. Hi, low or what the? I'll give a high, another high. 
you know, sometimes they do the whole whodunit and it's disappointing. This wasn't disappointing. Mm-hmm. It was one of Flash's all-time great villains, and he had a very good reason for doing it. It was a crime of passion. Literally, a crime of passion. So that's a good buildup. I mean, this was, we haven't read a Flash issue in five or six, I believe, uh, Crusader Chronicles. So we missed a decent amount of this story. And Jared promised, Jared, Jared said this was, good, this was a great buildup. And I, I didn't disbelieve him. I just remember the cliffhanger was Yorkin was, had his hands around Flash and Flash couldn't escape kind of. I thought Yorkin was just kind of a weirdy, weirdo and creepy. Uh, and, and so I I was kind of on board because it, it seemed like the makings of a good whodunit. But like seeing, even without reading the five issues in between, getting to that cliffhanger and seeing who the killer eventually was in Professor Zoom Reverse Flash, it was a very good and satisfying payoff. And they're not even done with the story yet. So top notch. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's what's what's happening next i don't know but i really want to dig in and find out jason hi low or what the i guess i'm gonna go with a what the because i don't want to give it a low and i kind of tipped my hand on this earlier on but i didn't understand how he escaped being atomized on the treadmill can one of you guys explain to me what he did does he have the power to like literally shake his body apart like that or what 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 happened it looks like and, he, he threw his atoms into the future because since he was on the treadmill, the only way he could survive, if he fully arrived in the present, he was exploded. So he saw that last second and threw himself into the future and reassembled his molecules there. Slowly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, slowly. It was not an instantaneous thing. He had to reassemble himself molecule by molecule. Hypocrite Jared says, Speed Force, yes. Mind fights, no. <laughs> I prefer the mind fights over this. I'm, I think. by the way, 0 and 1 in my mind fight career. I shouldn't have gone up against the champ in my first battle. <laughs> no. Yes. But I, I will say, I mean, the thing that I find interesting about the Flash is, is kind of like, you know, I, I'm a casual physicist. Like, I listen to some of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast from time to time. So I like to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. So I see. And I don't see. I don't understand. I don't understand any of this S. So, you know, when I see something like this, I'm like, okay, this is like a quantum physics, time, space, disassociation, reassociation paradox. Okay. You know, I can, so <laughs> I can kind of, I'll just leave it with this, though. Because if I had the ability to do this, I'd be like reassembled with a flat Brad Pitt stomach. I'm just saying, you know. It'd be a good skill. It'd be a good power to have. All right, let me save us by asking a quick question. All right. How many people at the party weren't actually the superhero or the supervillain at the party? I made a bit about that at the very beginning, but, like, Professor Zoom was really Professor Zoom. Flash was really Flash. Green Lantern was really Green Lantern. I'm like, what the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> they, they had a they, look. It was a hot party. You, you had to be, <laughs> you had to be there. They didn't have to get out of costume. And I love the fact that the Flash's wife is. So hear me out. This part's not funny. Is murdered by Professor Zoom, and Flash is at the party, and Green Lantern's at the party. Nothing. No, they're just eating chips. You know, it's <laughs> just a good dip. <laughs> yeah, it was a good dip. Like you have two bona fide superheroes. Couldn't do jack about it. Didn't, Hanging out at the party. Yep. 
Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Ridiculous, but still awesome at the same time. <laughs> Doesn't happen in a mind fight. This is what I, uh, I, I. This is the, this is the controversy or the thing that I, I I really am trying to understand is you're okay with all this, but you're not okay with uh, the with the mind fight. But I can see mm-hmm. Jason and and then Jason's the opposite. He's like you know, hey, I, I'm talking to Neil DeGrasse or whatever. Tyson, you know, whatever the guy's I name think is. Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson from Degrassi High or whatever. <laughs> and he's talking to him and we're talking about chicken and it's frozen because he likes, you know, it's all, you know, the good stuff. Anyway, I went off track there. Tyson, I got it. <laughs> yes. But so you're talking about and and Jason's trying to, you know, understand it. So I can see your side of it in a mind fight where you're like, oh man, I just can't wrap my head around it. Or maybe you do, and you're just like, I, I hate it. I don't know, but all right, I can clear this up. I can clear this up. Okay, I don't like the mind fight because it's anything goes, and I don't like Proteus because he's in anything. He can make anything happen. It's an infinite number of get out of jail free. All right, I actually agree with Jason. When I read that BS, yeah. <laughs> hey, the Flash guy, but I was like, oh, this is totally made up BS. But I just thought the other parts of the story were so <laughs> strong that I was like, eh, I'll give them the. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt that way too. At the end of the day, I, I I do agree with Jason. I was like, that is a a half baked explanation for how we got out of that. It's just I, I find it really fascinating. Is that you know we're all comic book readers, so we know there's some elements of <laughs> fancy. <laughs> I'm more blown away at how many people at that party were actual people. <laughs> the odds are just incredible. <laughs> And how did he know, too? Because he said, oh, this is the real green. Yeah. How, how do you know this is the real green? And he's all like, yeah, I'm going to murder Iris Allen at this party. And, you know, Green Lantern and he, Flash are just like, yeah. And he had no butt, uh, you know, arm about his dude, I'm going to vibrate. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I made it painless. But, he was a jilted I'm, lover. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he even, at one point, he went to her house and said, hey. Either I'm gonna kill your with, husband and take his place. Yeah, you either come be with me or I'm gonna kill you too. And she and laughed some, at him. Yeah, and then he somehow made her forget that, but leave it in her subconscious. I, I was, just, uh, uh, wait, this yeah, guy. they explain that away with his 25th century technology as the ability to erase it from the front of your mind, but let it germinate in the back of your mind. It's more BS. Charles was, Xavier doesn't need, need any 25th century technology. He just does. He, he just mind fights people. Mind fights. <laughs> All right. Well, any more conversation about the story? That was really good. All right. Well, let's go into find out who was supersonic for this issue. Who was the one that made you go, Yeah. That's it. That was it. Who was it for you, Jason? Well, I got to say it's The Flash. I think The Flash figuring it out, putting it together, nearly escaping death, finally almost defeating Zoom. I think we still have a little bit more to to go mm-hmm. there. Delvin. Let's go with Reverse Flash. That dude mm-hmm. had a pretty good motive. I mean, and he is bat crap crazy. There ain't no doubt about it. So uh, good reveal. Jared. Yeah, the more I think about it, I'm going to give it to Reverse Flash. This is one of those ones where I think the villain is more captivating than the hero. Like, it's almost like Star Wars, right? Is it the original trilogy, folks? <laughs> you know, is, is it the story of Luke Skywalker? Or is it the story of Darth Vader? Because he's so much more fun to track around everything. 
So I feel like he's sort of the Darth Vader of this universe and Delvin painted that picture brilliantly. Like he just, and Jason too, like I'm here to make heroin, steal a dude's wife and crimes, crimes, crimes. I mean, as a leader, I do appreciate the clarity. I mean, he was very very clear as what his agenda was. Okay. I I laughed because I was like, to me, it was like sort of the internet meme where the people put like step one is this, step two is nothing but question marks, and step three is profit. It was almost <laughs> like step one, uh, kill the flash, step two, question marks, step three, marry Iris. <laughs> like, it's a lot of question marks involved there. A whole lot, a whole lot. <laughs> I agree with you guys as well, too. Is for me, it's a reverse flash, it's just as planning. And then he's like, cool, compliment, you know, guys, you're at the heroin, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Uh, I'm just going to step out for a while. I got to relax. It's been a long day. You know, had to kill somebody. I'm going to just go back and just kind of, you know, get it off of my chest here. And as I record it, I can't the woman I love. So plan B is to kidnap a woman that looks like her. Yeah. Give her plastic surgery. Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Pat. I, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> no, it, it's true. I mean, you. this guy was just totally all over this and you're just like i love this guy you know <laughs> he's like hans gruber from die hard you kind of yeah. root for him a little bit <laughs> i hope he gets away just so he can so mess crazy. around with him again later on <laughs> all right well let's go and find out what our final rating is for this issue as a reminder it's a one through five five is you loved it four really liked it three liked it two didn't like it and one you hated it jared one through five I'm giving this the full five. It was just too entertaining. I I will forgive its weird, bad science and coincidental costume party things. Great reveal. And then with that cliffhanger at the end, Mm -hmm. I'm giving it a five. Delvin. Soon as I was done reading it, I knew it was going to be a five. It's fantastic. It was a great reveal. It was a great cliffhanger. It was a great villain. I mean, uh, how many more greats do you need there? It was great. (laughs) Jason. I'm sorry, guys. Can't go the full five. Can't forgive all the flaws to give it a perfect score. I'm going to go with a four on this one. I see Delvin coming closer and closer to the camera. He's starting to come out of my computer like that woman from the Ring movies. (laughs) 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 I'm going to land on a four with this one, fellas. But still very good. All right. That's fine. I am going with the guys. Three cool guys going to be at a five. We're going to five guys, guys. What's up, Jason? Can we still, everybody besides Jason, get up? Yes, we can. (laughs) It's not the same beat scheme to say 75% of us get up. Uh, You know? One, two, two, three. three, three (laughs) (laughs) 3.75. Most of us get down now. (sighs) Uh, Well, we tried, but... I do want to thank the Crusader Code members for choosing this for us to read. I think it was. If you want to send uh, Jason a hate voicemail, it's 707-532-5269. I gave it a four. It's not like I gave it a two or even a three. You ruined ruined the everybody give up. (laughs) We can still do it. You can pick up the phone. Tell Jason to go home. 707-532-LBOX. And with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. 
And you can also call us on the voicemail line at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. We will be right back. World on Fire, an All-Star Squadron podcast. Join your hosts, Billy D. And Herman, as we take a deep dive into the seminal DC Comics series created by Roy Thomas and Rich Buckler. We'll be covering the series issue by issue, spotlighting our favorite characters. And talking about the historical tie-ins as well. So join us every month in... A World on Fire, and All-Star Squadron podcast. Coming in December 2020 to a podcatcher near you. the break now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments emails questions likes and shares in a segment called crusader comments we are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our crusaders club members these are the fine folks that have joined our crusade they enjoy early access to special long box episodes voting to help determine show content and so much more so these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show jared and Helica Wolf. Oh. Elburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blasted Stash It. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Linton Robinson. Dave Collin. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Up. Oh, Jason Keen. <laughs> Jeremy L. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. Hope you like Jim Jarman too. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Uh-uh. Josh Strickland. Slackers. Kathy Bright. MVP. Monstrous Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick. From Jeff and Rick present Rob Morgan, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Bidey67, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Toronto Cop, and Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month. You get the access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Please come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short or just start ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show. And we will share your review on the next show. We have some social media like shares and retweets, y'all, from Crusader Chronicles episode 55. 
from September 1979. We talked about Amazing Spidey 199 and X Men 128. A DJ named Schmoove, Aaron Headmoss, Alan Middleton, Arcade Quartermaster, Auburn Elvis, B Man, Billy Dunleavy, Bronze Age Babies, Carmine Del Vecchio, Cesar Zuliani, Chris Lydon, Chris Sheehan, Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Christine Arizmendi, Chuck Clint Robinson, Coffee and Comics, Comic Reflect, Comic Foil, Demisa Sarki, <laughs> Depanta, I got it. That's you. That's a That's a Toby. That's a Toby. That's a Toby. Don't like your shirt. like we have some social media comments y'all let's get to i'm just gonna freaking start from the top here and y'all pick whatever y'all want to pick i'll go with the mvp for kathy bright and she says so average score could be halvesies cover our average score is 2.5 bullcrap or as they said on that uh live stream bc bc yeah, we can't help averages kathy i mean <laughs> Hey, come on. We can only, you know, do the holes for our scores. We can't help the math. That's up to Laurel, I'm pretty sure. Oh, she says, just kidding. And crossover bits. And then says, just trying to get a mention on the next podcast. Mission accomplished, Kathy. I've got one from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. I suspect this is Rick. He says, a three? Wow. Why do you hate comics so much, Jared? Great show, guys. Three of you have great taste. I don't remember what I gave a three to. I'm not sure who he's implying. Is the odd man out for great taste? But I suspect it's me. And if hashtag hurt feelings is what you wanted, Rick, well, that's what you got. <sighs> Gotta give you a beat down. I, I don't know if he's gonna be giving any more beats. You, you know what? We uh, let's just keep going. I just gave a really <laughs> good beat for him too. I know. Yeah. And then yeah. this, 
And then th- after the beat, I threw down for Jason. It was a good beat. Mm-hmm. Dang. Man, some people. Some people. I'll go ahead and take one from Moon Cthulhu. It simply says, love that Spidey cover. And so did we. I found one here from our old friends at Omaha Bound who said, I had a ton of fun doing the Spidey X-Men episode. These are always great to listen to. Thanks, Omaha Bound. They're fun to do as well. All right. I'll read a couple of comments from Comic Foil, who joined us on the Come Out to Play live stream that Jared and I do about the New Warriors. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for this comment, Comic Foil. He says, definitely tuning in for this one. That was the first issue of Uncanny X-Men that I ever read and still one of my favorite comic books. And he adds, Jared, 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 a three for X-Men 128. All I can say is you've inspired me to go back and read it again to remind myself of all the greatness you missed. So that's that's a little bit, you know, better. It, it, it's not as hurtful as Rick, I hope, Jared. No, no, I mean, nobody can be as hurtful as Rick is where I was going with that. Mm. It's mm. the sad life I lead. I feel like Jason, no Sky Striker. <laughs> you get used to it. You know what? Let's 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 go, Jared. We got we got that hasn't been played for me. (laughs) Hey, Tim Price chimed in and said that was his first issue of X Men ever. Seriously, I mean, I gave it a three, which is still good. (laughs) But gosh, tough crowd out there. But you know what? I like hearing about people's first issues. So let me just put the positivity back on. That's cool, Tim, and I appreciate you sharing. You know how it goes, man. I mean, it seems like this was quite a few people's first for whatever reason. And it just, you know how that is, just resonates super positively and Uh whatnot and all that. Are we out of comments, everyone? Is that it? I think we got a couple here from Auburn Elvis. Go for it. So Elvis says, in defense of Marvel for that red skull mask, I bet that was a regular skull mask the manufacturer already had molds for and marvel saw it as a cheap way to add to the merch inventory i bet he's right could be and then he also says and i think he's referring to uh, spider-man here he says he was dry as a three-day-old cracker the whole time dang you mysterio (laughs) like that spider-man thought he was drowning yes yes oh yeah (laughs) yep absolutely well Thank you to everyone for those uh, comments. Thank you to everyone for the likes, shares, and retweets. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website lombaxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Jelvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find each of us on the internet. We'll start with Delvin. Thanks, Pat. D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977 on Twitter. Jared. I'm at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at theyardsaleartist.com or my new website, I hate the X-Men.org forward slash everyone can suck it but me. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Rounding it out, passing it back to you, Pat. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, Join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream on YouTube. That's the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time is when we go live. 
Check out Lombok Crusade on YouTube and please subscribe to the channel and get the alarm or get the bell notifications so you'll be reminded when we go live. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at Lombok Crusade or leave a comment on the Lombok Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Lombok Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read the The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. It's like um, Jared, the Albrecht brothers, got you know got the disco headsets on. <laughs> Me and Delvin are like, come on, get into the future here. Oh, hell no, man. These are these are the hotness right here. Beats? These are not beats. They're very nice high-end ones, though, that I picked up at my pawn shop. <laughs> uh, I think I got some. I still got my DJ ones around, but. Mine are called Bits. Bits <laughs> by Weasel. Because I got bits and bits and bits. <laughs> Let's do it. Three, two. You're listening to the Longbox Crusade, Crusader Chronicles episode, blah, blah, blah. Now I've got Longbox Crusade. Guys, I was, I was editing last night, and that, now I got that in my head. Keep up the good work. Take two. Let's make it so. I'm deleting that. There you go. Cut snip. Jason, you were doing so good when you were on mute before. He was. He was inspiring me and everything. Yes. It's got weak. It did. You can delete that. That's cool. Maybe that was my Jason moment. When he gets one. It's out of our system. Go on. Got weird, didn't it? Just not that kind of Peter. <laughs> Everybody gets one. <laughs> That's fat. <laughs> <sighs> That's a good one, though. Anyway. So <laughs> good one. I love it. <laughs> I left a voicemail for Aaron today. There you <laughs> on his voicemail phone number. I said my name was Pat Sampson, and then I went on and on about how good Jared was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of uh, nuts. <laughs> and you can also call us on the voicemail line at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. We will be right back. Hey, Crusaders Club members, are you lonely tonight? <laughs> You want to talk about if, if you press one, it's a dark web fantasy. <laughs> press two for yard sale artist sexual disappointment. <laughs> press number three if you like popes in a pool. <laughs> big words. Do you like someone to whisper you some big words? <laughs> press four if you want your name mispronounced. <laughs> he will either yell it or whisper it. <laughs> You make the call. 707-532-5269. Mailbox. For all your podcasting. Big up.